everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Bitcoin Noise Show. Today is December the 19th. 2020 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is next bitcoin offended by selling only the beginning buying over crying personal responsibility is a new counterculture how are those strong hands buy and hold this game is not rigged yeah you're a unique beast i'm a unique beast fitting in is freaking overrated hello my elite friends you have questions i have answers type in bitcoin meister do a super chat and check out uh, yesterday's This Week in Bitcoin show. It was a great time. We'll talk about that in a second. Another hour, another all-time high. Well, today there was another all-time high. <laughs> you, you guys are getting used to this, aren't you now? We lived through this back in uh, 2017. This is how it's going to be. Uh, another day, another all-time high. We'll have more of these. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I hope everyone's getting getting into the party. It was well worth the wait, wasn't it? Deferral of gratification. You really know what it means now if you held on to your Bitcoin uh, for this long. So has Bitcoin become a digital gold, corporate digital gold? The corporations are buying it all up as their store of value, as a way to preserve their wealth in these this time of massive dollar printing. I mean, do you get triggered when you hear Bitcoin is corporate digital gold? I don't. I think it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In the old days, if you had the opportunity, I mean, the only people that would have the opportunity to buy something that could be considered corporate digital gold, they would have to be qualified investors. Okay. Now to get this corporate digital gold, anyone in the world can get it. So is it really corporate? Is it really corporate if anybody can get it? You see, the thing is, it is why is it? Why is it digital? Why do I use that term corporate digital gold? Because that's who's buying it up now. The rich are getting richer. The rich are buying it up. Corporations are buying it. It's not a bunch of someone sent a super chat. I'll get to that in a second. Thank you very much. This is it's this is not retail that's uh that's causing everything. Okay. It all started in August with Michael Saylor. And I said that was the biggest news of the year, and it was the biggest news of the year. It helped temporarily, and I don't know for how long, read you know, the main use of Bitcoin right now at this day or December of 2020 is corporate digital gold. All right. That they, they are it is huge entities that are buying it up. And that's why it, it got to twenty four freaking thousand dollars today. All right. Uh, that, that wasn't happening uh, during the summer. No, was it? when it was uh, still in the four-digit realm at, at, at certain points. Oh, my. But we knew it would happen one day. And anyone is welcome in this space. You can't say, well, Bitcoin has lost its way if, if it's corporate now. No, it hasn't lost its way. It's just who is who is acting upon it now? Who is getting off their tuchless and actually buying it? I mean, compete. Don't complain. They're competing. It's the corporate entities that are uh, that are in there or that are in there now. And uh, – and so we, we have news uh, that in other days, perhaps would have crashed the market, that the United States government was uh, doing this KYC thing with exchanges and wallets and, and whatnot. But there wasn't any adverse reaction with the market. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Now, why is that? Why didn't the market react in, in a negative manner? To, to something that's uh, a lot of people used to fud about. Oh, the government's going to create these uh, regulations with, with wallets and exchanges and stifle innovation. And, and it's, Bitcoin is not going to be as private anymore. Well, because the market, the quote-unquote market, is made up of mostly entities that don't give a darn about KYC, that don't give a darn about privacy at all. Now, you may care about privacy and you may care about KYC. And I do care about those things. I, I personally do. But it goes back to what, where we are right now in Bitcoin, in the evolution, and, and who is buying it up. Who is the market now? It's these corporate entities that are using it to preserve their work, wealth. It's their digital gold. It's their treasury asset. And you can, you can own what 
corporations are buying up as their as their treasury asset as it as their digital gold okay as their corporate digital gold you you could do that there's nothing stopping you or you could be bitter and say oh it's a corporate thing now and it, it's not it's any you know it could be anything to anyone i mean you can be in zimbabwe and get it so you can send it to your cousin in south africa because to get get around c- capital controls but is that the main use of it now is the main use of bitcoin right this moment the people buying it are they africans that are trying to get it across uh, the border? No, they're not. They're not. It, it's Michael Saylor and a bunch of other dudes, some that you've heard of, some that you haven't heard of. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about some more in a second. So, uh, and, and, and I want to say that this new rule, the KYC rule, whatever you want to call it, uh, banks, I think the banks enjoy this. The banks perhaps that they're in bed with the treasury. I have no idea. Uh, and, and they said, you know, make it harder for smaller companies to deal with Bitcoin. Uh, to say, you know, if, if they're holding Bitcoin, they're going to have to report all of all this information to the government now. And the banks like that because the banks already do that. The banks, everything that is this new regulation, proposed regulation is, is going to do to, to entities like Coinbase and exchanges, banks already have, they already know how to do this. So it's leveling the play. Well, it's it's handicapping all of the pure crypto plays and uh, making them deal with what all the banks have to deal with. And so the, the banks, it will be that much easier for them to, to become crypto banks now, to become Bitcoin banks. They like this. It's making it harder on the people who are already Bitcoin banks. So uh, they're, they're, they're forcing these Bitcoin banks into their realm, all right? The government is forcing it. And that is – that's not fair. That's not fair. But that's, that's, a, that's the world we live in in the United States where the government plays a role in, in private industry and picks winners and losers. And this move uh, helps banks become bigger winners, and I have no problem with banks being Bitcoin banks also. I predicted it would happen. Uh, I don't like my government uh, making it easier for them to compete. I don't like my government giving anyone any special favors. And, and I feel this is, uh, this is definitely helping. Uh, and, and I've got a quote that I'm going to share with you in a second that I have written down here. I've scrolled, uh, written all these random things down. So I'm, I'm jumping all around. Uh, all right, now we talked about what the market pound that like button, and let me see what the question is from the audience here. And everybody, I just uh, put in the live chat. Check out yesterday's show. All right, what do we got here? Taval Dakrez. Oh no, well first we're going to Matt. Matt Edie said, "Loved your rant the other day. Now, that was on Wednesday when when we we're doing a, a show during the all time high. It's going to get harder and harder." for the fat, lazy looters to take from us. Oh yeah, well, it's impossible. Well, Matt, if you own Bitcoin, they can't take it. They can't take from you. They can't, they can't take from you. So that that's the position you wanna get yourself to value your wealth in Bitcoin, to, to, to be in, have all your assets in Bitcoin, basically. I mean, don't have an attack vector like a house. I mean, I understand that some people have to have a house. They have a family, their wife, et cetera. The wife forced them to do it, to fit in. Uh, but uh, Bitcoin is not an attack vector. And uh, the, the, the uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the more uh, popular financial assets are attack vectors that the fat, lazy looters can uh, take. Now, uh, Taval Dakres has an interesting question. Thank you for, for the five Canadian dollars. And dude, it is three in the morning where you are in Toronto. And it's uh, one in the morning where I am. So uh, anyone watching this tape, play this at 2x and know that it's late at night when we're doing this. But we got plenty of dudes here like Tabal. So thank you. Do you think people like Amy Castor? <laughs> I just read one of her quotes, which was so ignorant. Uh, Peter Schiff, Nureli, Nuriel, whatever you say his name, actually have some skin in the game and just troll for engagement? Well, they definitely are all trolling for engagement. Do they actually own any Bitcoin? No, no, probably not much. I mean, nothing substantial. Um, so I think they're they're probably all a little bit bitter too. 
I don't know about Nori. I don't know about Nori. I don't know him. But I seriously doubt that Amy Castor woman has any. And she definitely doesn't have any. Uh, of all the three, she's the least likely to have any. Okay, before not definitely doesn't have any, but she's the least likely to have anything more than like uh, like ten bucks worth or whatever. Uh, I, I got to say something about Schiff here, though. Out of all those people you mentioned, he's the big, he's the most well known now for uh, being anti Bitcoin. I mean, that's like his whole shtick right now is being anti Bitcoin. And I, I was thinking to myself today when I was walking back from synagogue, five miles back from synagogue. So I have a lot to think about uh, during these walks. Um, about 2021 uh, New Year's resolutions. And I'm, I'm just throwing this out there for people. Just don't, don't pay any attention to him anymore. Just don't mention him in any – you see, the, the thing that he's good at, he, he's gotten to a situation where you put his name – in your clickbait headline, you're going to get clicks, and he knows that. Um, and I mean, good for him for for you know triggering, getting his name out there in a way that it triggers all sorts of algorithms. And so people are going to keep doing it because they're algorithm slaves. But if you could just break away from that, just don't put him in your title anymore. Don't talk about him. Don't retweet him. And he'll go. It, it will end. He'll because that's his thing. That's all he's got left. I don't know what else. I mean, he sells gold, but we're going to get into that in a second. Who the heck is buying gold now? I mean, the only reason maybe he's even getting new customers is because the, he, he's angering the gold crowd so much about Bitcoin. They're like they're getting more stubborn. I don't know. But I mean, th that could be a great New Year's resolution right there for, for the Bitcoin community. Uh, just ignore. Just I mean, I, I won't do it. I won't put him in. I won't put him in. Remind if I put his name in my title. Remind me that I made a mistake. Ho hopefully, I will not do that. I don't retweet this. I don't. I don't follow him or anything like that. So many people, I think, whenever there's a move in Bitcoin now, they immediately go to Peter Schiff to attack him, and he wants that. He wants that. He wants you know every you know if it goes to thirty thousand dollars by the end of the year, everyone will say, "Oh, Peter Schiff's an idiot." That's going to be their first thing they say. That's not what you, you should. Ignore. Don't try to destroy the man. Just try. Don't don't try to prove your. We've proven our point with him time and time and time again. He's been wrong every single year. And how many more reminders do we? He's going to be wrong every single year. Forget about him. Forget about him. Pound that like button because you're just you're just helping him. And it's it is really this is the Bitcoin noise show. He's got to be the noisiest troll out there and the most easy, the easy easiest to ignore and. To eliminate his trollisms, he'll go away. All right, let us uh, let us move back to the regular. Oh, we got a question here. Bitcoin to the moon. Pound that like button for the Bitcoin Meister, everyone. Well, thank you very much, Bitcoin to the moon in uh, beautiful Australia, but not free Australia, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, oh, I forgot to. Darn it! Let me fix that real quick. Oh, mid-show fixing of uh, something uh, behind the scenes there. All right, play this at 2x, people. This show is becoming way too long. Now, we talked about the banks and the uh, – this is from uh, Mark, Mark O. Manico, 83. Probably the worst implication of the, the new rules in the United States is that exchanges will – need to increase spending on compliance offices to store information and report them. This will drive down the efficiency and profitability and level play fields with banks. This will also favor P2P exchanges and DeFi. Okay, second part is very interesting, but first part is supporting what I was saying beforehand. Uh, here, I'm going to link to a Decrypt article that's got a pretty, pretty simple summary of the the new FinCEN rules. The United States Treasury Financial Crimes Enforcement Network has proposed new rules re um, regulating non-custodial crypto wallets. If implemented, this is, now listen everyone, these, this is what it is. If implemented, institutions would have to identify anyone using an unhosted wallet to transact over $3,000. Transactions over $10,000 from these wallets would have to be reported directly to FinCEN. This doesn't require KYC for every transaction with a non-custodial wallet. 
It isn't an outright ban on self-custody. It doesn't prohibit the act of using a permissionless network. So it, it doesn't do a lot of things. Uh, Travinsky, uh, who's a, a Bitcoin guy, says the rule would impose huge burdens on virtual asset service providers, their customers and society at large, perhaps infringing uh, constitu on constitutional rights without conveying any benefit to the government in general or law enforcement in particular. So no, it's it's not going to cut down on criminals at all. Like they, they, they say, it's just an excuse. It's a way to keep track of people. You know, I, I said this on the last couple of shows. I thought they were already keeping track of these things. I thought you know, if I buy on Coinbase and I send my Bitcoin off my Coinbase account, you know, I, I buy two, two like, like back in March, I bought two Bitcoin and that cost me a little bit over $10,000. I thought, well, surely they reported that to the government. I, I spent over $10,000. And uh, now, of course, uh, when we're doing this show, just to remind everyone uh, that uh, there's two Bitcoin that I spent a total of a little bit over 10000 on are now worth uh, 47000 combined. Pound that like button. Um, but, you know, whatever, the rich get richer. So I, I, I still can't understand why I, I people are doing like their New Year's uh, summaries. And there are people that said, yeah, I sold on March 12th. I regret selling on March 12th. How could you ever have sold on March 12th? What was the logic for selling when Bitcoin plummets and every, every other financial asset is plummeting? It's clearly something freaking crazy is going on. And you're like... Oh, it's time to sell now. It's it's reached an, a low for hasn't been this low for so long. It's time to sell. It was for me. It was time to buy and, and others too. I, I don't. It's just some people are just so impulsive and they do not think. They do not think. I mean, within a month, you you were regretting that in a really major way. And now, I mean, you're like crying about it. I mean, I I say buying over crying, but I can understand when you were selling why you would be crying at this point. I mean, the numbers I just gave you—you you could have, you what are you? You made eight, you got eight thousand dollars, nine thousand dollars of fiat that day, and if you would have held on to it, or your ten thousand dollars worth of fiat, whatever, and if you would have held on to it, you'd have uh, it would be worth forty-seven thousand dollars worth of fiat. Two of them. Uh, I'm saying two of them there. Okay. Anyway, um, but yes. This may infringe on some constitutional rights. I'm sure you can you can figure out some uh, privacy uh, related aspects. You know, you don't you don't have to divulge everything to the freaking government, every single darn uh, thing that you do financially. But this is what this uh, rule. If you're dealing with Coinbase, um, if you're dealing with a third party and you have you your Bitcoin is there now, get it off now, first of all. Um, and the proof of key celebration this year should be all about like reminding people, if you do not uh, get your Bitcoin off now, you're going to be subject to these new rules. I mean, there's a new uh, there's a new uh, way of promoting uh, a new importance to the KY. The uh, proof of keys movement is just like, you know, sure. Let, let's see if these exchanges really have what they say they have. And of course, control your own private key, but get it off before you have to deal with the, this ludicrous new rule. Now, so you buy a Coinbase, the new rule will be like, you got to prove that you're sending it to yourself. Okay, you got to say who you're sending it to. And, and again, if it's uh, transactions over $10,000, uh, it will be reported and... Uh, if I mean, I guess if it's under under three thousand dollars, you're not going to have to be identified. But again, who knows? If they're already going to that level, and you're not going to be able to space it out either, like oh, I did one thousand five hundred this day, one thousand five hundred that day, they're going to catch on, and they'll probably shut down your freaking account if they they try to think you're avoiding some three thousand dollar or ten thousand dollar limit. All right, and so they they're just going to create a huge database. And the main the main reason is, is like one day, since all this information will be out there, if you did something bad that but they can't prove that you did something bad, well, then they'll just go through all your records and find a time that you lied and you didn't really send it to yourself. And, you know, there's just be that there's no 
they're doing this to, to punish people in the future and to tax people in the future and to make sure that you're not hiding anything, to make to keep track of where everybody's crypto and and there will be ways to, you know, you move it to something that's yours and then you move it to another address. There'll be ways of still hiding and stuff. It, it, it's it's all a ridiculous game and it's all this paperwork and it's helping banks, it's helping a stat it, it's stifling innovation in the space. Why should a new company have to worry about all this stuff, keeping track of all this? But to, to say it's regulation on your private wallet is incorrect. It's regulation on the businesses that deal with send, sending uh, people's Bitcoin to people's private wallets. I mean, that that's, that's what it is. So it, it sounds scarier than it is. At the same time, the market did not react in any way because the market is made up of entities that do not care about this at all. They just don't. Michael Saylor... Uh, the, the amount of Bitcoin that he was buying up, he has to be totally, uh, and he was buying it through a corporation. They report everything to the government anyway. So it's not like, oh, I mean, sure, yeah, keep, keep track of every move I'm doing. On, and they're doing it through Coinbase too. They're like, a, they, he has no problem with Coinbase recording every single thing that he's doing because he's reporting every single thing that he's doing to the government already. And these corporate entities are all like him. They already there's already so much corporate compliance with so many financial regulations that what's this? This isn't like they're not giving away any new information. Um, they probably like it. Who knows? Uh, it makes the industry more legitimate for them and it makes them want to own more in it. So th that's that's what's going on in the space right now. It's becoming corporatized, becoming uh, you know, regulation uh, friendly. But if you have a Trezor and you have your Bitcoin on it, Already, you could send that Bitcoin anywhere. Government's not going to know. Government's not going to care even at this point. You've already beaten them out. You're already ahead of the game. And you can send it to entities that, uh, you know, sell things that might not be uh, uh, considered cool by, by certain people. And, hey, you're good. Now, don't try to do that from your Coinbase account. Don't try to send uh, your Bitcoin to an entity that is, you know, selling something controversial. You're going to your coin. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? I don't know. Uh, all right. Remember, I'm the TikTok guy on Coinbeast now. I link to that below. I'm in motion. This week in Bitcoin, John Anders and Dennis were on. It was a great time. Great time. It's linked to below. And here's something, you know, here's some noise that I got on, on one of my uh, from Doug Casey from his free newsletter. Three reasons gold will break new records next year. Oh, my God. I mean, did he send that out in 1981 also? Yes. Did he send that out in 1987, 1992? Yes. Man. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, it, he's not right. I mean, it's clickbait for old men. It's clickbait for old men. Three reasons uh, gold will break new records next year. It doesn't work on me. It's noise. And here's the reality, all right? Uh, there's a guy uh, – What's this? Jeffrey Woods? Jeffrey's Woods? It's uh, some organization, some corporation that uh, financial corporate organization, some sort. I don't even know. Uh, controlled by some dude with a similar name. <laughs> and they're cutting their gold ex exposure in favor of Bitcoin. OK, so that dude is straight up uh, admitting it. And we're going to hear more and more about that. This is not a that's not a reason why gold will break new records next year. It, it's. Uh, that's the reason why Bitcoin will break new records next year. Pound that like button. And another reality point here for the gold guys, young people don't want your shiny rocks or money losing bonds, says uh, Pump. Okay, yeah, I agree with that one. This will all be linked to, uh, if you're watching this tape, this will be linked to below. Live, I don't, I haven't linked to it all yet. And yeah, I didn't get on my laptop today till 6.40 p.m. And uh, I see... Cointelegraph has an article. The article is called Another Day, Another All-Time High. <laughs> Where have you heard that from? Where have you heard that from before? Bitcoin hits $24,000 in weekend surge. So I, I was pleasantly surprised that Bitcoin hit another all-time high today. I had no idea uh, until 6.40 p.m. today. So that was good. But this brings, back, brings me back to 2017 when uh, this, would, this would be the case. There would be many, many all-time highs. And 
what else do we have here? Oh yeah. So speaking about 210,000 block cycle, uh, the theory, it rhymes. The cycle is not the exact same as last time, okay? Uh, you know, last time we didn't have it, something that was like March the 12th, where the whole world had a financial panic. We didn't, we didn't have that happen between uh, 2016 and, well, the, 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 the previous, that, that was between the 2012 and 2016. Uh, but, but, but you get my point here. We, we have different things happen. Oh, so that was before the halving. Let, before the 2016 halving last time, we didn't have anything like that. Before the 2020 halving this time, it was unprecedented. It really messed up the momentum of the halving. But sure enough, after the halving, everything's been the same as it was last time after the halving. You know, we, we went up steadily. Then we got an all-time high. Then we kept getting more and more all-time highs. And it gets crazier and crazier. Uh, so we're following that, that pattern. But uh, so you don't you don't know. We, and the, the, this time around, during the, the down year of 2019, we had the Facebook had the Libra thing. And that was really good news. We didn't have something like that uh, in 2015. So, it, it, but it's the it's the same gist. You have two bad years. If you're in this, guys, if you're in this game, you got to get used to this. Most of the days in Bitcoin. Fiat wise are not good. They're not good. They're down days. They're down years. They could be freaking scary if you're not used to it. 2014 and 2015, 2018 and 2019, there were some freaking bad days there. There were a lot of weak hands that now are crying because they didn't they didn't take my advice. Buy and hold. Pound that like button. But it's it's a reminder out there. But but with, with all that in mind, uh Armin von Bitcoin says. We're still less than half of next bear market's bottom. Now think about that statement for a while. Where we are right now at uh, 23,649, um, he is saying that most likely that in the year 2022, when we're in a bear market again, that the low uh, will be higher than uh, $50,000. <laughs> and, I mean, and, and that's very possible. That's very possible. That that's even higher than that. I think he thinks it's probably going to be like eighty or something like that. Who knows? Uh, so that's a very interesting perspective to see things in, because usually you see it from the other side, where um, where it's already the future and and you're seeing it drop. Now we're saying it's going to drop one day to a point higher than where we are right now. So that's very positive. So why wouldn't you buy right now? If you think that during the next uh, bear cycle, and there will be, and this is the other thing, uh, on my show, Anders said, and he says he doesn't think there's going to be a bear cycle again. There might not be a bear. I, I'm not betting on that. I, I am saying that uh, 2022 and 2023 will be like uh, 2018 and 2019. I, I think they, those two years will be at least. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. What's wrong if, if Bitcoin is going to be more than twice its uh, price that it is right now in terms of fiat? I'll be a darn happy man. I'll know that. I, I, I'll tell you that. Um, will I be did? I mean, you're going to have to put in perspective. Did it get up to $200,000 and crash down to 80000 Oh, well, it'll be back to 200000 again because it always returns to its all-time high. Pound that like button. Every time it has returned to its all-time high, okay? Every single time, right? And I, I've said that over and over again. I prepared you guys for so long with that saying. It always comes back to that all-time high. Was I right? Was I right? Pound it, baby. One day closer to an all-time high was something. It wasn't just a saying. It was a way of life. So you, you don't panic on a day like March the 12th. But people did panic still. People are talking about it to this very day. Uh Okay, we talked about that. We'll talk about that next time. Uh, oh, yeah, here. Any per this is from the a very good Twitter feed to follow called Bitcoin Critics, okay? And uh, any person who bought the absolute top of the last Bitcoin bull run at 19,660 three years ago are now 20% up in profit. 
okay, quote unquote profit because you didn't sell. So, you know, just a few months ago, people were saying, oh, you bought at the top. You bought at the top. Well, now there's people, if, if there were that many people who even bought at the top, they're uh, 20% ahead already on, on paper. It, it's, it's that fast. You have to be able to defer gratification. You, have, you just can't think about tomorrow. You have to think about four years from now, 210,000 blocks from now, all right? And so, yeah, it's a hilarious Twitter feed. The guy says he, he, he gives uh, popular, uh, popular past uh, sayings by people. And he says, how much Bitcoin is worth now compared to when people said certain things that were kind of down on Bitcoin? Tracking the price of Bitcoin from interesting and notable events. It's funny. It's Bitcoin critics on Twitter. It's linked to below. Let me go see here in the live chat. I don't uh, let me see if there are any questions. I see something over there. Max says, does it concern you that Tether market cap? No, it doesn't. I'm not even going to read the rest of your question, but I will which accounts for most of Bitcoin volume and is under investigation and has never been audited is now over 20 billion. Nope. Because um, it has, I mean, there have been audits by, they have said X has audited us. Um, there, there's some people that say they're only, uh, they only actually hold 70% of the, the cash that they do. Here's the thing. People have faith in Tether. They believe that story. All right. People believe a tether is worth a dollar. Now, do they really own that many dollars backing up? Who cares at this point? Who cares at this point? Um, I don't care because if if it comes crashing down, what are all those tether people going to do? What are they going to do? The only thing they're going to be able to do is buy Bitcoin with it. It's all going to surge into Bitcoin, okay? So if it all falls apart, Bitcoin is going to benefit. From the situation, but I don't see it falling apart anytime soon. I see governments and I see other stablecoin providers being really envious of them that they can just print their own freaking money, which might be the case. They might just be printing it out of thin air, but it serves a purpose and people believe in it, just like people believe in the United States dollar because of various reasons. Okay. Do people b believe in the South African brand? Not so much. In the Argentine peso? Not so much. In Tether? There's more faith in Tether than in the Argentine peso, I would say. So I, I don't see – it doesn't worry me at all. They can keep on printing, printing, printing um, as much as they want to. That, that doesn't bother me because if it all did come crashing down, it would all flow. It would not – it would help Bitcoin a lot. It would help Bitcoin if all that value – um, not all of that value because a lot of it would just go up in the thin air, but a lot of that value in the panic would go flying in the Bitcoin. They would not be able to turn it, th those tethers into dollars very, very quickly. I mean, that there's, that just doesn't exist unless we get to a point where fed coin is somehow created and, uh, attached easily to tether that could happen one day. We're nowhere near that because there is no fed coin yet, but, but good question. And that is a FUD you're not trying to FUD, but people love to FUD with that thing. Uh, and Tavas says, there's been a lot of negative feedback on the saying, oh, this is good. Have fun staying poor, st starting with Raul. Do you think it's the ar arrogance or just lighthearted fun? I think it's awesome. I think it's freaking awesome. Okay? We're supposed to just sit here where these lazy, you know what, on their fat tosses, just collect welfare checks all day and feel bad and, and not and say, oh, yeah, it's fine what you're doing. It's fine. It's fine. No, let's call them out. We believe in what we believe in. They believe in what we should be proud of doing well for ourselves. And people who aren't doing well, who are lazy bums, who aren't in motion, call them out. Call them out. We're, we're only giving them advice. Udi is behind that. Udi is behind that. If people want to create, you know, the, if they want to destroy and they want to cry and they want to be government worshipers and, and they want to be poor, have fun. You guys have fun staying poor. Have a, we're having fun being rich. We're having fun being in motion. So I love it. I absolutely love what Udi is doing over there. And I encourage everyone to, to say that. Have fun staying poor to those lazy SO you know what's over there. They can they, they complain and complain and complain and complain and become more and more dependent. And say that 2020 was the worst year ever. 2020, 2020 was the best year ever. Again, I, I, I gotta say, it's been the best, it, it's been freaking awesome for us. 
And so, yeah, have fun. Stay. Obviously, if you think this year uh, sucks, have fun staying poor. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's where you're at in life. You're negative, Nancy. So have fun being a negative Nancy. Have fun being a compliant bootlicker. That's what this all is. It's about have fun staying poor, compliant. Bo- it's all intertwined. It's all intertwined. And so we on our on our side, you, you should be proud of yourself. You should be proud of yourself. You should be proud that you don't think it's fun to be poor. You you know. And so to to remind people that, OK, you, you have fun staying poor. I was not having fun being poor or whatever you may have been beforehand. OK, I have fun being rich. I have fun being productive. I have fun being in a golden age and being on the cutting edge. Okay. So it, it, and it calls attention to like, wait a second, there's something else out there in this world. You know, I don't have to be, uh, I don't have to sacrifice for some common good out there and remain poor and happy. I can strive for greatness and people who are in the realm of greatness, they look, they're like they laugh at the people. They think I'm a joke because I'm staying poor. That that, that that's what the, that's what those people. They should be inspired. I, I think it's an inspirational slogan. It it it, is, it wakes people up. What else is going to wake people up? And again, and, and change. I want. I I wish this was a world that valued innovation, that looked up to people who were in motion. Instead, we live in a culture where victims are glorified. When you say, when you f- say, have fun staying poor, you are not glorifying victims anymore, okay? You are saying victimhood is for losers, all right? And so I love it. So Raul, Paul, you can say what you want to say or whatever. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I encourage everyone to keep to say that saying, all right? And be proud of being successful. Is Raul Paul proud of being successful? I, I, is he? Is I'm proud of it. There should be no regrets. There should be like, oh well, I should I should give instead of instead of you know pointing out these people's problems, I should be giving my wealth to them. No, no, that's the way. That's how the world works today. You you're expected to give to these lazy bums instead of call them out for what they are. Have fun staying poor. That's calling them out right there instead of giving funding the nonsense. All right, this is we're putting our feet down. You're putting your foot down as a successful in motion person when you say that. All right. So that was the great question, Tabal. Thank you for bringing up that subject matter. All right. So much make a freaking clip out of some of those uh, rants that I go on there. I don't have I don't have time to do this stuff. Um, all right. And, and all right. The show is already thirty seven minutes, and it's late. And I, I got um. I've brought, I have some people's birthdays are tomorrow. I have to de- deal with that after this. Uh, okay. Uh, so we got the Bitcoin critics. Okay. What's this? First part of the year. What is it? I can't even read what this is. Buying Bitcoin right after. Oh, yeah. Buying Bitcoin right after it crosses an all time high has been a great bet historically. Now, th- that sounds a little strange, doesn't it? But. After it hasn't crossed an all-time high for a while, like what we just had, it starts surging. You know, there's one all-time high after all-time buying after the final all-time high of a cycle. That hasn't been too good. That takes a while for you to make your money back. But all the all-time highs in the the positive cycle years, if you buy it after them, you're usually really good to go. I mean, think about all the all-time highs we had in 2017. You know, there, there was one at, a, at, at, at 1,300, then 1,400, If you kept buying after all those, you know, by the time you got to 20,000, you're like, holy moly. So it was, it's a very interesting way of looking at it. But again, if you bought, you know, when it got to 19,600 last time, well, then you would have had to wait a while. But are you impulsive or can you wait three years? Um, I hope you're not impulsive, but plenty of people are. Uh, all right, well, we'll do Saifedean's thing. Uh, Saifedean said, fun fact of the day, in the last 24 hours, this was from the other day, the price of Bitcoin has appreciated by approximately the entire price of Bitcoin on March 12, 2020. In other words, your Bitcoins appreciated in one day around as much as they were worth just nine months ago. That is a great way of putting March 12th into perspective, okay? 
<laughs> that that in, in 24 hours it went up as much as they were worth at the bottom of March 12th and 13th. So some, and, and and that's how fast this game can change, baby. And that's what it. That's how much of an anomaly that day was. That was a that was a freaking weird day. All right. Now I, I do want to say that we gotta we gotta think. You know, to, to, to maintain a strong hand, you have to be aware of general trends in the finance, in the world that could do something like that. You know, what's going to bring down Bitcoin's price next time um, or, or th th that could do it soon? What what current event? Now, obviously, the, the United States regulation that just happened, or, that didn't do it. That didn't do it. Now, what, what I say could do it this time is kind of related to it. The big story that brought it down in March the twelfth. Uh, if the if the vaccines that are that are coming out right now, if God forbid they uh, start to seriously injure many people, and no one no one wants that at all, uh, but they were rushed and, and relatively untested. If if the vaccines start uh, doing the opposite of what they should be doing, that will cause a every financial market to react in a bad way just like march now i'm not if that all, all of a sudden like uh again god forbid that this happens but later this week all of a sudden it became comes obvious like wait a second these things aren't fixing anything they're making things worse bitcoin will go under twenty thousand dollars there's no doubt about that um but it will recover i'm just saying you have to be prepared for now and, and again i hope this doesn't happen but that is something that could immediately bring bitcoin under twenty thousand dollars like that definitely big it would every the stock market would crash all everything would crash it would be like march the 12th but not as extreme not not as extreme all right just just want to throw that out there i try to be positive uh but the thing is is it would just be a blip in the road um everyone would get over it and uh all the financial markets would recover uh to be stronger than ever but it's just that that's the way of the world. When we have these big panic, mass hysteria events, all the financial markets, uh, all these guys do insane things. And they sell, they just sell, 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 sell everything that they have. Um, but it's just a, it's just a blip on the radar. And yet it, it affects Bitcoin because, as I said, it's, it's corporate digital gold. Well, remember the word corporate. Some of these corporations uh, are, are not going to act rationally. And, and dump. They shouldn't, but they will under certain circumstances. And thus, it really won't be their digital gold. They will not have treated it properly as digital gold. Now, I, I don't know how many will have do that. Um, it, it probably won't be the corporations per se, but just the uh, the major corporate traders and just just eh, entities that are uh, very much intertwined with the traditional financial markets. Uh, are, are much more likely to dump on, on news like that. What is this? Uh, we talked about. Uh, I'm going to link to a Brian Jacoto uh, tweet where he goes over uh, some of his analysis of FinCEN. I thought it was interesting. Andy Hoffman said it would make sense to see a mad rush of Americans and Europeans uh, anticipating the same regulations buying Bitcoin on exchanges and uh, withdrawing everything ASAP. Um, okay, that would actually be, that would make sense, but most individuals out there don't make sense and they would rather buy their Bitcoin from PayPal anyway and uh, they don't care about being KYC'd. Uh, they don't care about uh, having third parties control their access to their own Bitcoin. So yeah, I, I don't see, I, 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 I see us promoting the proof of keys again, just to wake as many people up to these oncoming regulations. But I doubt that many people who are already keeping it at Coinbase are going to withdraw because of all this. They're going to learn about true self-custody uh, because of all of this. They should. <laughs> Stefan Lavera says 2021 will be a super spreader event for Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that use of the word super spreader, at least. Uh, I, th I think it'll be mostly corporations buying it up, but the retail get into it eventually. Andreas says, I've been saying this for years. Bitcoin is a poison pill. Regulated institutions can't swallow it. By trying to regulate it, 
they end up making it less useful for those who use regulated institutions. He's got a point there. By regulating it like they're proposing, it is less useful for those who are keeping it at Coinbase or whatever. They're not going to be able to send it everywhere they want to, but they don't really care either. But he's got a point. Uh, all right. And another Andy Hoffman here thing. And, and this is this is an interesting thought experiment. The last 12 days of 2020 could see the bigger, biggest window dressing activity in Wall Street history. No one will want their year-end balance sheet to not have Bitcoin on it. If so, they'll have to explain to investors and potential invest to investors and potential investors how they missed the biggest trade ever. Hey, from your lips to their ears, okay, dude. I, I hope they do think like that. Uh, that uh, they're realizing what well, we got to we how, how we're going to go into twenty twenty one without telling our investors that we we also have Bitcoin on our balance sheet. I, I hope it is that most that it is considered. Uh, that important to, to many investors. I don't think it is, but uh, hey, it, it. I think some a few corporations w will think like that. Like, let's get into this now, so we can tell we we have a new story at the beginning of 2021 and tell everybody, hey, we didn't miss out on this in 2020. We started diversifying our cash holdings in the in the Bitcoin. And uh, remember, um, on Parlor, use the hashtag #CryptoParlor. I am Bitcoin Meister over there. All right. We talked about uh, – I, I think I'll link to some more of these comments on the, the new regulation. Oh, I want to talk about the New York Times thing. Uh, all right. Uh, good. Uh, Brian just said my name in there, but it wasn't a question. He was just saying my name. Uh, all right. We got something here, an Udi. We, we talked about Udi beforehand. Here's a tweet of his. Events so far. One, Coinbase plans IPO. Two, New York Times hates Coinbase, tries to steal thunder with racist hit piece. piece. Three, Coinbase learns of hit piece, front runs it with overblown rumor of new KYC rule. You forget New York Times article. Coinbase announces IPO. KYC role is nothing burger. Pal, that life button. That scenario, uh, that's what happened. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I, get, I don't know if Coinbase overblew the potential KYC regulations to deflect from the end, the New York Times hit piece, but they did do a good job of uh, talking about the New York Times hit piece before it came out. And now everything that's happened. No one remembers the New York Times hit piece, and that is awesome. It was nothing but nonsense, and I respect Brian Armstrong a lot for what he's done in the way he runs his company, that he doesn't deal with this woke nonsense, and he doesn't, and he isn't scared of the freaking New York Times. And New York Times, you're going to have to try again to take down one of the major players in the Bitcoin space. You failed. Pound that like button. And it's good that the KYC rule uh, – is uh, basically a, a nothing burger compared to what people were scared of on Thanksgiving weekend. And where, where some people thought uh, Brian Armstrong was the devil, uh, that he had ruined Bitcoin. And, and I said, no one will remember that Bitcoin fell to $16,000 on Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, do you care now that Bitcoin uh, fell to $16,000 or $17,000 on Thanksgiving weekend? Does it really matter when it's uh, it's worth 23750 right? Are we? It looks like we're surging during the show again. This is a. Uh, should I just stay on? Should I try to stay on as long as possible so it hits a new all time high? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'll, I'll give you. Uh, oh yeah, here Andreas has another good explanation. If you want, if you want to be, if you're still worried about this new regulation, just watch Andreas and look at his Twitter feed. Although his Twitter feed can be filled with a lot of nonsense, also about current events, ignore that. Finsen pulled was to unveil a new policy on regulated institutions, but tell everyone that they regulated unhosted wallets, which they didn't. Again, yes, this is about the policy deals with regulated institutions. It does not really deal with our with unhosted wallets, all right, or whatever, all these terms that they're coming with, up with. 
which they didn't. Ultimately, they disguised impotence as a power move. We can't regulate unhosted wallets. Would have been much a much better, uh, much smaller PDF. Okay. Now, oh, good. We're almost at the end of this story here. Uh, show. Uh, we, that 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 woman, Megan the Stallion, that was actually trending on on Twitter. <laughs> she was giving a, a a rapper lady was giving away Bitcoin, and it started trending on Twitter. So that actually came out of uh, Jack Dorsey's business. That that was something he he had to d- deal with her. Okay, you're trying to get normies involved. Compete, don't complain. You're competing. That's fine. It did start to trend on Bitcoin. A lot of people were a little confused about it. I don't know. Why does that rapper woman call herself a stallion? I mean, that's like a man's name. I, I don't get it. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not, maybe there's a, a story beside, but I, I never heard of her before. So when I'm hearing this woman call herself the stallion, I mean, you're no stallion. You're not the Italian freaking stallion. I mean, you're no, you're not, you're not a Mr. Marcus the stallion either. Oh, don't pound that like button. Now, <laughs> let's see. Uh, all right. Now, finally, NBC News, I, I, they, the mainstream media did cover the all-time high eventually. So here's what NBC News headline said. This time around, large funds and even CEOs of publicly traded companies are fueling Bitcoin's 2020 run. All right, dudes. That news, you call that news? We've known that since the summer. We've known that since Michael Saylor. So when I say we, I say those of us on the Bitcoin Meister channel who get insider information here. And even though it was out there for the public, NBC could have covered this in September. All right? Any, hardly any of the financial networks were even covering this in September. All right? All the mainstream media, they could have talked about uh, some rich dude and his corporation bought up a bunch of Bitcoin. And it's worth $12,000 during September. They could have said this. No, they didn't. They wait. They waited till now, till it's $22,000. And he's already bought up a ton of it. And uh, they think they're like giving uh, important information that, ooh, corporations and rich dudes are buying this. No, it's, dude, they, they already entered the realm back during the summer. You're giving nothing new. You're adding nothing. That's why you're the old dying mainstream media. But there are plenty of people that are addicted to you. So that's unfortunate for them. They're going to have fun being poor. <laughs> Pound that like button. Have fun staying poor watching NBC. That's that's your uh, that's the kind of news. That's not too new, that news. That they, but, hey, they covered it. And if that's where you get your news from, you're going to have a lot of fun staying poor, staring, staying scared in the panic prison with NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, etc. All right. So be proud, everyone, that you're a unique beast and that you get your insider information here. Um, and that's it. I'm going to go to sleep or I'm going to have to do something with his birthdays. Uh, but believe it or not, I know three people born on uh, December 20th. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Pound that like button. Thank you, everyone. Good night. We'll see you tomorrow for Beyond Bitcoin. See ya. Bye. Thanks.